0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live.
1: Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And by the way, here tonight it's Ian and the Reverend Captain Kickass.
2: Indeed, by the way, uh, Captain Kickass with a fresh new album EP thing that uh, has been released. I guess can you call it an
1: album if it's not on I mean vinyl. Vinyl. So many people don't know what an EP is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've had so many people go, what's an EP? It's like, well, okay, so there used to be an album. Were they under the age of 45, or, like, what was the... I think probably, let's see if I'm... I mean, I would think 35 and under. They definitely won't. Definitely don't have any. They're like, what's an EP? But, like... Millennials, Gen Z, no way. If you've ever owned, like, vinyl, you might know what an EP is. Yeah. Uh, But it just used to mean shorter than an album. It was one of those smaller... Records, right? So, like, there was the full 12 inch, and the EPs were usually like what eight or well, they they were actually six? usually the same size as, really? as the full album. It's oh, so just they had that. less songs. But I remember they did have the smaller. They uh, did. Records, there were right? there were 45s, and mm-hmm. then there were LPs, and then so the EPs were also LPs or yes. no? Yes. Oh, see, the see, that EPs I didn't were the know. same size as an LP, uh, but okay, they just were fewer just songs, e- right? So there, there was was there still a reverse side on most EPs? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there used to be singles, which of course. Is where B side comes from. Right. Because the single would be the A side. Six inch, right? No, it was just the 45. It was, yeah, six inch record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was just a a small record, one song on one side, and you have to flip it over to play the other song. That was the B side. Mm -hmm. And so then the larger records would have anywhere from three to 15 songs. And, uh, you know, Usually anything above 10 was called an album. An album. Yeah. Anything under 10 might be considered an EP, depending mm-hmm. on the length. So, like, Metallica's uh, Master of Puppets, for example, is an LP, but it's only, like, I think, seven or eight songs. But they're long. They're really long songs. Yeah, yeah they're epic. Yeah. So, like, the duration of the music makes it an LP. Mm-hmm. So, there's all this sort of, like... Sort of industry Different standards surrounding yeah. surrounding this kind of thing, but generally speaking, if you put out like three songs, that's an EP because okay. you can't right. call it a Which single. Is what you did. It's not really a double. There's no such thing as a triple, right? So that's what I did. I put out three songs, and it's called an EP. Uh, it's actually ex- called Illuethromania, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. the Illuethromania EP. And I have news. Actually, oh, tell me about it. Yeah, uh, regarding this. So I I put out the EP oh, Luthermania. Did you on... break into the Billboard Top 100? No, no. <laughs> on Independence Day, because Luthermania, for those of you who don't know, uh, means uh, an insatiable desire for freedom. I did not know that prior to this album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's like when I discovered the word. I'm like, oh, that would make a good yeah, album yeah, title for right? sure, for sure. And so I, th- you know, it's been in the back of my head for a long time. So I finally put these songs together. I put them out. Uh, I did a pre-release at Porkfest and Forkfest. Mm-hmm. I sold, of sold the, out of yeah. the first print of there. I've got more for sale at CaptainKickAss.com uh, on USB cards. Mm-hmm. So they're custom-made Captain Kickass cards that plug into your computer. It's got all the stuff on it, all the songs, a right. bunch of music, lyrics. It's got music videos. Makes sense, because who has CD players anymore?
2: No one. Yeah. Who has – I mean, I probably more people what? have record players than CD players. Every
1: smart TV – ...has a USB port. Oh, there you go. So you can just plug it right into your smart TV, and like if you got a sound system hooked up to mm-hmm. it, you're good to go. So anyway, my news is, uh, up until now, the only place that you can get the music videos, there's three of them, one for each song, right uh, is on this USB card. Uh, however, on August 12th, which I believe is next Saturday, uh, the videos are going live. They Ooh. should be everywhere, and All I mean right. available on like Roku on Amazon, on YouTube, on title, on there's a bunch of places that the distributor that I'm working with uh, you know, will will place them. I'm also going to make them available on my own YouTube channel, which mm-hmm. I've actually never published anything on except for a demo okay. of the USB card. <laughs> so if you cool. can find the Captain Kick ass YouTube channel, you'll see that there. But August twelfth will be the the premiere. Uh, international I guess because right. you can get them anywhere yeah. of the music videos for all three of these songs. That is the nice thing about the internet when it comes to music is uh,
2: there's no borders uh, as far as distribution yeah. I and mean, they can go anywhere and uh, that's that's one of the best things that the internet I think has brought us is the ability to uh, you know to enjoy music from all around the world without having to go to the record store. Go ahead Ridley.
3: Alright you guys pick the topic. One of the one of three things. Which one is most interesting to you? Uh Marriott White. Um I I'm sorry. Uh White Mary
2: White, White Marriott? Marriott, White, uh, Marriott. Marriott White. It's it's and, a man, for people that don't know, that's uh it is uh, Sadly, he passed away. Long time
1: Free yeah, Talk live Actually, listener. we could just talk about him right now. I just yeah. want to give a shout out to everybody that's attending his memorial. Oh, that's tonight, isn't it? That's tonight. Yeah. Uh, there will be no Beard Talk Live tonight mm-hmm. uh, for that reason. That's where Peakless Mountain is. For Peakless is. Uh, and so, uh, you know, shout out to everybody. If you attended Porkfest and Forkfest, White was the balloon guy. He was always hanging around. Uh, he was a professional balloon. Professional, yes, yes. Animal guy. Yeah, like and, he would, and he would twist him up. He was amazing at it, yeah. and he enjoyed his work immensely. Uh, I didn't know him very well, so I'm not attending the memorial. I just, you know, I didn't know him that well. But like, the community is certainly affected by by his passing.
2: Yeah, uh, he actually passed away during the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah. He had a uh, one of the park models at the at Rogers Campground that he had been living in for the summertime, basically. And so, I mean, and we did address this at the time when it when it happened. I got on the air and and talked about it and you know gave my rest in peace. But uh, I mean, if you're gonna go. Rogers Campground is probably the you know the best place to go. Going in a place where you're surrounded by people that care about you, and you're at a place that has a a meaning in your life. I yeah. mean, there's as far as ways to go, there's probably a no better way to uh, to
1: do yeah, it. Yeah, and where he was affecting people, you know, in many different ways, not just the kids with you know his art and the, and sure. the balloon thing. But and now those are shoes that I don't think could ever be filled. No, for, I, for I, sure, I don't think for so sure. either. Uh,
2: so there there's that one uh, Ridley. But what were your other two?
3: Uh, ultimately we could talk
2: about, uh, something the Texas nationalist movement has been doing recently. Mm-hmm, Have you heard, okay. heard about this where they're suing people. Uh, let's talk about that. But what's number two? I want to hear what that number two is. Oh, the, the number three, three. actually would be uh, this year in free state history. Mm, let's go with the Texas nationalist movement. Definitely interested in what those guys are doing. Are you referring to their Facebook lawsuit?
3: Uh, no. Actually, no. they started doing something else. Mm. Uh, apparently what they're doing, like, they, they, people keep uh, saying, oh, you guys are traitors, Are you guys, uh, that's illegal, you can't do that. So uh, they're, they're, I guess they're going to be suing people for defamation uh, <laughs> who, I'm not, I'm not advocating doing this, by the way, but yeah. they're, they're going to be suing people for defamation uh, if, they, if they call you a traitor for being part of the TNM. It's an or interesting they...
2: thing. Now, now, just to be clear, I'm pretty sure they're not just going to be targeting your average Joe on you know some internet website, but I'm pretty sure uh, that they're going to be going after the high profile statists the people who would absolutely use the court system against them if they had the opportunity uh, like there's yeah. a, there's a specific state representative in Texas who has made a target out of the Texas nationalist movement and has been talking a major trash about them so you know if if the opponent is willing to use the state I I mean personally I wouldn't want to do it necessarily but I don't see anything immoral per se about turning the guns back on them and saying look this is the state you want. All right. Well, we'll give you some state. Here's uh here's a suit for uh for libeling us.
3: So what Daniel White, I guess the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement, he's he put it with. I'm sorry, Daniel Miller, they were he was talking about a state rep who keeps badmouthing them. But th- yeah. what he was saying was that if he if he badmouth them uh on the floor of the state house, then there's not much they can do cuz that that that's covered like you're allowed to say anything on the floor mm, of the state house. Right. right. But if he says it on his, like I guess, on his Twitter feed or yeah. conversation or whatnot, then they can come after him under Texas law, I guess. And so that's that's what they say they're going to be doing.
2: Yeah, I think that's interesting because you know one of the things we learned during the uh, New Hampshire attempt to get secession on the ballot last year—I <clears> should <throat> say the first attempt—because there will right. hopefully be another one coming soon, uh, maybe as soon as this coming session next year. But during that attempt, uh, of course, the same accusations were trotted out against those of us who support peaceful independence for New Hampshire. And they said this is treason. They said the federal government's going to come after us and, you know, so on and so forth. And then what ended up happening was there was a woman whose actual name is Karen. Who decided she was going to? This was after the bill was already shut down at the state house. It was over. You know, the state was, that was all done with. It was over the summertime. She filed a, a complaint with what they call the Ballot Law Commission. And she essentially said, This is treason. These state reps who voted to, by the way, the state reps were just voting to put this on the ballot. Just put the question of declaring independence on the ballot. They weren't voting for independence. Right. They were voting to put it to the people. Anyway, she says, This is treason. You should prohibit these people from ever holding office in New Hampshire again. And what the ballot law commission did was they had a meeting. This woman came, she spoke. There's full video of this at the Free Keen Odyssey Channel over at video.freekeen.com. Just look at last summer, look for Karen, and you'll uh, find it probably Karen and secession or something like that. And uh, they had a guy from the. Uh, attorney general's office here in new hampshire now these are the the lawyers right that these are the lawyers that do things like prosecute people okay so they had this guy in there and he's one of the assistant attorneys general and he spoke to the this panel and they specifically had him address this question of are we talking about a treasonous act here what can be done about this and he said no this is not treason because it doesn't involve violence we got Rob in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Rob.
0: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So, I don't think people have to run away and go to a different country in order to be able to, you know, live a long and fruitful life in their communities. You
2: know what well, I mean? I mean, if you keep quiet, maybe the government won't bite your head off. But well, if you're going to be an activist. So- if you are especially going to be a cryptocurrency mm-hmm. programmer or business person or entrepreneur or whatever, then you are there's a target on your back like never before in the United States. I wouldn't blame anybody who wanted to cut and run under that level of, uh, of pressure. I mean, Aria Demetso is sitting in prison right now. Uh, she just completed, by the way, her first month. Yep, It's been one month since Aria went to prison. One month and I think one day at this point. And she is sitting in prison in federal... You know, it's a camp, so it could be a lot worse than what it is, but it's prison. She's not free to go and do what she wants to do. Yeah, it's still prison. She is locked away for what could be as many as 18 months. Her sentence is 18 months, and that is simply for a paperwork violation. A cryptocurrency-related paperwork violation where the federal thugs said, you didn't have our permission slip. Even though there's nothing in the law, their own precious rules, their own statutes, their U.S. code, nothing that says anything about cryptocurrency, anything about cryptocurrency. But yet, despite the fact there's nothing in there, she's sitting in a prison cell. So I'm sorry, Rob. I I don't agree with you on on this. I think if you're keeping quiet, then, yeah, you can have a nice, quiet life in the United States. But if what you're saying is in any way— a threat to the status quo, you can expect the status quo to take notice.
0: Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the absolute opposite. What I'm saying is is that around the United States, okay, we have communities. We have towns. We have counties. And amongst all of those towns and, uh, and those communities, There are bad people, Mm -hmm. and those bad people are the ones that, you know, oversee all of our communities, like your mayors, your uh, sheriff, the police, and all those people are all, they're all covered by qualified immunity.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right.
0: I think that the people sort of understand that, you know, because I talk with a lot of different people Mm -hmm. about qualified immunity.
2: Well, maybe that can change at some point. I mean, I I, th- I think you may be correct about this point, Rob, in that people are more aware now, I think, than 10 years ago about – qualified immunity i don't know how much more aware i don't know if you went on the man on the street and it's you are saying you've talked to people but it would be interesting to you know talk to people who are not like political types because i think within the political scene people who pay attention to the issues and vote or whatever i think there is a greater awareness of qualified immunity i think that the george floyd situation with black lives matter in 2020 brought more of that to the forefront more awareness of police abuse and things like that and i think that ultimately that that is a good thing and that hopefully we will see some political reform if not the abolishment of qualified immunity but it hasn't happened yet it's still there it's still in place in fact as of the last couple of years the manchester new hampshire police department was advertising it as a perk of the job. If you right, would yeah. get a job with Manchester PD, you'd be qualified immunity. They put it in their ad. Yeah. And right. they, un- they but, did undo it after some public pressure. So that is an indicator that there is at least enough people who are upset about this to put some pressure on them. Uh, but right. uh, I get what you're saying, Rob.
0: Right. Well, well, I mean, the thing of it is, is that, you know, the public sees all of what's going on with the fraud, the corruption and stuff. But the people have to be able to grow a backbone, and you know because those people are the ones that they pay all the taxes. They're all the people that lose in the end. You know, uh, I mean, it, with the public has to speak up a little bit more. You have to start naming names. I mean, the people that break these laws and harm peaceful people. You know, like. Detective Jim F. McLaughlin, like you're the mayor of your dean, George Hansel.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, the problem like is, even if you name the names.
0: by name.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong, Rob. I mean, certainly there's nothing wrong with calling out a thug for being a thug. But the problem yeah. is, even if you just name the names and those people get kicked out of office, the people who take over their positions are also just as corrupt. Let's go to Joe in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Joe.
4: Yeah, hi, Ian. Hi, uh, Captain.
0: You're both hey. in my prayers, as always.
2: Thanks. What's on your mind tonight? Uh,
0: I was going to ask you, uh, how, how do you buy Dash? I was looking online. They said there's like a app. That, I think it was a Coinbase app or something like that. That's
2: one way you, you
1: can do about. it, yeah. Um, there are
2: myriad of ways to purchase Dash. There
1: are. You can uh, find people that will sell it to you person to person. That's My preferred method, Uh, if you don't have a community of these people, uh, perhaps you can start one. Uh, Start a crypto meetup in in your community, advertise in places, uh, you know, social media, Craigslist, that type of a thing. That's
2: the most private way to do it if you're just buying it from another
1: individual. If you go through a
2: system like Coinbase, and this applies to more than just Dash, this applies to any cryptocurrency. If you go to Coinbase and you buy stuff, it's all on the record. So, for instance, the IRS was recently in the news for going to Kraken, I believe it was, or Coinbase. Mm -hmm. I think they did Coinbase first. I don't know. Maybe it was Kraken first. I forget. Years ago, they went to one of them and they demanded a bunch of information about their customers. And now they're doing it again. um, And they're demanding uh, information about customers that have purchased more than $20,000 worth of cryptocurrency. That doesn't mean that if you've purchased less than $20,000 that you're safe. They can obviously subpoena information specifically about individuals that they want to know about. So... Uh, if, if you want to be off the record, there are better ways to do it than going through Coinbase, and certainly the individual-to-individual method is 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 certainly better. There are also some uh, smaller companies that will allow for this, as I understand it, and I have not personally done this but as i understand it edge wallet does have some ways to purchase cryptocurrency directly in the wallet so edge wallet's a long time uh, well we're long time fans of edge wallet here yeah. on free talk Live. Probably the probably one of the most useful cryptocurrency use wallets out there and uh and that is something where you can just download an app to your smart device whether you're apple or android user just search for edge wallet Uh, It's two words in your app store. Download that, create an account. And I believe there's multiple different ways within that Edge wallet to purchase cryptocurrency. Now, they usually you're going to have to probably go through some sort of know-your-customer procedure. But we're not talking about Coinbase, which is one of the mega companies out there. We're talking about likely much smaller operations that will maybe connect to your bank account and that kind of
1: thing. Yeah, the other way that you might consider—well, two ways, actually. One— uh, if you have a skill or, you know, a side mm-hmm. business, you might just consider earning it. Yeah, that's always a great way to do it. Uh, the other thing that you can do is you, if you have something to sell, you can put it on Craigslist mm-hmm. and say, hey, I accept cryptocurrency. I'm looking for Dash. Uh, Craigslist is uh, an underused tool, I think, in my opinion, in the cryptocurrency community or just take any old thing and then uh, convert it if you want to. Yeah, yeah. But they have a, a thing. If you go and you search like the for sale section, mm-hmm. uh, like say you're looking for a used car or something, uh, there's a little box you can check that says cryptocurrency, okay. Does it say
2: cryptocurrency? I thought
1: it used to just be Bitcoin. No, it says cryptocurrency, it? Okay. okay. That's cool. And then you have to hit the apply button. Once you do that, it's only going to show you ads for people who, in theory, will accept cryptocurrency for whatever it is they're selling. And so you mm-hmm. could take advantage awesome. of that by putting an ad up for whatever it is. You know, I don't know, you got something used that you don't need anymore or, you know, you got two of or whatever. I put it up for sale and accept cryptocurrency. Another way which is less likely to be utilized is to mine it.
2: There's certain cryptocurrencies that are what you call mineable. And to in order to mine crypto, it does require some level of hardware geekery. Yeah. You do have to be able to, you know, operate a computer uh, you do have to have, I would say, an advanced maybe level, intermediate to advanced level of computer operation ability in order to do crypto mining. So if that's not something that you qualify, then just go ahead and toss that idea away. But if if it is something that you can handle, then mining essentially turns electricity into cryptocurrency. Without any kind of uh, awareness of any government agency at all,
1: there are a couple of other ways that you might already have at your disposal without having to jump through other hoops. Uh, PayPal does allow mm-hmm. you to purchase. I think it's just Bitcoin at this point. I think they might have a couple but, others. But once you have Bitcoin, you can go on uh, an exchange and exchange mm-hmm. that for Dash. Uh, what was the other way? I don't remember the other uh, There's A few of them. Uh, don't, yeah. Don't th- they have? That lot, should get you started.
5: Don't they have machines.
2: There if are some vending machines as well that yeah. do exist. Some of them have Dash. Again, most of them have Bitcoin. Probably 99.9% of them are Bitcoin vending machines that may have you know, Litecoin or sure. something else uh, attached to it, but the bulk of the sales are going to be in Bitcoin. And so you could find any one of those machines, go and buy Bitcoin, and then flip that into Dash or Monero or whatever it is that you want to do. And there's a ton of exchanges That'll allow you to do that stuff. So this is definitely something that you can dig as deep into as you want to.
1: I remember the second one, Um, Cash App. Mm -hmm. It's an unadvertised feature of theirs, but they do have a cryptocurrency option in there.
2: Something that is not exciting is the negative side of technology. And (sighs) that, of course, is being utilized by the government thugs of the world. And, Captain, you had a story relating to this tonight coming out of, of all places, Wyoming, which I'm surprised— To hear Wyoming is leading the charge in Orwellian monitoring of a population, considering Wyoming is ostensibly one of the freer places you would think, right? Like small population, freedom-minded people living out there. It was the number two choice for the Free State Project on the Free State Project's uh, rankings when they voted for the states. New Hampshire, of course, blew it out of the water,
1: but Wyoming was number two. Uh, So this from Daily Wire, nationwide AI mass surveillance system takes root in another state. A national mass surveillance system boosted by artificial intelligence took root. Uh, The town council of Jackson, Wyoming agreed in a close vote last month to install the 30 solar-powered license plate recognition cameras along their streets and traffic lights, which feeds into a centralized surveillance system managed by the private company Flock Safety. Mm-hmm. The, we've mentioned Flock Safety once before on this show. Uh, the town is the first in the state of Wyoming to install these cameras. Council members who agreed to the measure expressed reluctance with their decision. Councilman Jonathan Schechter indicated his belief that the cameras marked a negative trend down an undesirable path, echoing your sentiment, Ian, about you know, Wyoming being you know sort of a more freedom-minded area. Mm-hmm. I don't like this particular arc of this particular part of history, said Schechter. I'm screaming stop, but I voted yes. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. He says, uh, I'm sorry, I misquoted. I'm screaming stop as I vote yes. What? Yeah, I have no idea why he would vote yes for this thing.
2: Uh, I mean, why? <laughs> he's concerned with monitoring and he's voting for monitoring. <laughs> He's getting some kind of
1: payoff. I this mean, what is, is this? How I have no idea. This is this is the the oxymoronism that occurs in statism. <laughs> right? Statism makes you do things that are against principle. If you're a principled person or a person with some morals or you know personal ethics or something like that, mm. and you become a representative in in government at almost every level, uh, it is one of the most difficult things in the world to keep your principles because. They, like, being in that position forces you to make decisions you otherwise would not make. The cameras in Jackson are part of the Falcon line, which sends instant alerts to law enforcement. Mm. So this company, right, people who are like, I don't know, like, and would be like, oh, well, it's capitalism. No, no, no. All the state is doing is paying a private company to implement this stuff for them. So, yeah, this is corporatism. It's totally corporatism. It's this cro- is nepotism. Crony, crony capitalism yeah, crony at capitalism.
2: best.
1: Yeah. Anyway, the Falcon Line sends instant alerts to law enforcement. There are different models of the AI surveillance technology, each named after birds. Mm. I don't know what the significance of that is. Raven is an audio device for detecting sounds of crime, such as huh. gunshots. This bre- is Wyoming. Breaking glass. I mean, wait a minute. Sawing this- metal.
2: And screeching tires. Okay, I guess the argument's probably going to be that Jackson, Wyoming, which, by the way, is a population of 10,700 people as of 2020, uh, that they probably, like Keene, New Hampshire, where we live, it's probably against city ordinance to shoot a gun within the town limits or whatever. Like, if you're in downtown, it's probably against the law to shoot a gun. But if you're out in your ranch in Wyoming, then... uh, I'm pretty sure you can shoot your guns without it being considered a criminal act. So I guess the question is,
1: where are these cameras located? Are they anywhere? Where are these microphones located and what else do they pick up? Right. And And the answer is, I don't know. But Raven's the audio device, which will trigger on things such as that list of stuff, breaking glass, Mm -hmm. metal gunshots, screeching tires. Wing, which combs through thousands of hours of footage for specific vehicle identifiers for police. And then Condor, which provides a live feed complete with zooming capabilities. I find it hard to believe
2: that Jackson, Wyoming is having a crime wave that would make them want to seek out all this likely expensive equipment to uh, outfit their police department with. I want to know what people are saying about this because obviously the city council or town council or whatever voted for this. Was it unanimous? Does it say in the story how the vote actually went?
1: Well, uh, it does say that Talon has stirred up controversy for its similarities to the technology in science fiction realities portrayed by TV dramas like Person of Interest Mm. and Black Mirror, Mm -hmm. uh, both of which first aired 12 years ago. In the former, the government relies on an AI program that predicts crime through monitoring the public with surveillance video and all other electronic communications. Sounds like it's coming true. Hmm. Multiple episodes of the latter, each of which are reminiscent of the Twilight Zone, touch on the abuses and extremes of government-involved mass surveillance. Unlike its TV counterparts, Flock Safety says their cameras only capture and retain data on license plates and vehicles, not people, for 30 days or the time frame required by state and local law. We've heard that before. Mm -hmm. Trust us. Much like Person of Interest, the real-world AI program by Flock Safety can predict... Personal associations through something called convoy analysis, which identifies proximity and travel patterns of vehicles. The American Civil Liberties Union characterized Flock Safety's technology as Orwellian. Following an investigative report last year, this is one of the dark sides
2: of the new AI technology fanatics, uh, you know, fanaticism that's going on out there. We've covered AI in depth on this program in the last year, uh, and it's got some really cool applications. There's no doubt about it. Uh, AI artwork is really awesome, the AI chatbots are very interesting in what they can accomplish. But the machine learning that is uh, the the guts of these AI systems can absolutely be used for evil government purposes to oppress and repress and control populations. And we're seeing that being put into play in China. What what Wyoming is doing, what Jackson Wyoming is doing is is China-like kind of stuff where... They're monitoring, they're listening, they're sending notices out, and it won't be long before they've gone ahead and they've identified who everyone is, all 10,700 citizens of Jackson, yeah. where they have figured out you through facial recognition or whatever, which used to be a joke a long time ago, not so much no, these it's days. It's real. It's totally real. Uh, the, the early iterations were bad. Now it's pretty good. They're going to be able to start doing facial identification, and they're going to know where everybody is yeah. any time of day if they are out and about in their cars or walking around.
1: They'll be able to recognize the signature of your pipes on your car, right? Your pipes, the, the, like the, the audio the signature, exhaust? your exhaust, right? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be able to recognize, uh, you know, oh, your your tires are out of alignment because you're driving a little sideways, mm-hmm. right? Your wow. your alignments off, right? These are all things that that they will be able to see because of this. Well, the tire shop could
2: uh, could sponsor this then, and they could they could get uh, information about who's got their tires messed up, and they could send them a coupon in the in the
1: mail. <laughs> Flock Safety allows police to obtain unfettered access to a suspect's vehicle history over time across state lines, mm. known as multi geo search. Wow! It also allows law enforcement to search for vehicular fingerprints compiled by its AI that not only includes traditional features like vehicle make type and color but unique features such as bumper stickers and mm. decals and like where you've gone where you are you are That's you what they're the saying gro- about the geo right. search right right are your you patterns at the,
2: what days are you at the grocery store what times what are your habits yep. are you visiting uh
1: you know your mistress or whatever like they're going to know everything about you yep Oh, it looks like old Phil traded in the old Ford for a new one, right? Because mm-hmm. now suddenly he, the, the pattern is matched, but the vehicle doesn't, and they'll be able to go, oh, look, he got, well, that, like, you didn't tell mm-hmm. them that you got a new truck, and they know already. Yeah. Over 2,000 cities. You're going to need to register that, Phil. Well, of course. They'll send a notice. And they'll if you didn't, you. they'll know. All right. right. Know. Over 2,000 cities across 43 states have already installed Flock safety mm-hmm. cameras, God. according to the company civilians may also purchase the cameras and opt to share their footage in real time with law oh, enforcement okay. so if you're uh, if you're a Mrs. Kravitz yeah you're a little snitch yeah a little nosy neighbor nosy nancy busybody mhm uh, hundreds of HOAs have also
4: turned to the devices mm. as their preferred security Visit Patreon.com slash CRBlake86 for those details. That's Patreon.com slash CRBlake86. Thank you.
2: Do you remember 4409 from Arizona? The guy on YouTube, for whatever reason, his channel was named 4409, and he referred to himself that way. I have no idea what his real name is. I bet Ernie knows him personally, but uh, he would go and he put on like a Santa Claus outfit once. And got a big old ladder, and he put it up against, you know, some optic panopticon tower with a camera or whatever on the yeah. top of it, like a speed camera or something like that. And it was during the Christmas season. He had a big Christmas present, like with a wrapping on it or whatever, but it had it had a hole on the bottom yeah. of it. And he he got up on this ladder and he went up and he placed the Christmas present over, over top the of the camera, so it didn't actually destroy the camera. Smart. He, you know, it didn't he didn't do damage to the camera. He didn't paint it or anything like that.
1: And he was delivering a gift, literally. Yeah.
2: It was a literal gift to the people of whatever yeah. Tucson or Phoenix or wherever he was. And of course it was going to be undone. The fire department probably came by a couple hours later and, you know, removed it or whatever, the ladder truck. But that's the kind of creative uh protest that I think is really inspirational, was really memorable for me to see that happen. So that's I think one option is you know as far as protest is concerned early on in the game yeah but I'll say this I I'm while I'm against violence, I am f- fully against violence. I have no problem with sabotaging the government's uh, systems so whether it's anonymous going in and hacking into these systems, whether it's anonymous hacking this company right uh, I don't care. Like, if, if Anonymous goes in, and it's, it's unfortunately, we don't hear much about Anonymous these days, but every now and then, you know, they'll yeah, pop back on the scene. Yeah, they're relatively, well, Anonymous. Yeah, but they're also relatively quiet these yeah. days, and they used to be really, you know,
1: newsworthy. Well, the same can be said for uh, the formerly rather vocal community of what's known as uh, cypherpunks. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, this is where, uh, supposedly, the ideas for things like cryptocurrency came from. And then once it was released into the wild, they just sort of like, whoosh, like the wind. That's true. Well, yeah, they accomplished a big goal they in did. that particular case. They did. Now, they, I, I'm certain they still exist, and I'm certain that they're still working on stuff. I have no evidence for that. Yeah. I think another
2: solution here, I mean, because again, what we're talking about is what do you do after the fact, you know, right? convince the city council or other options Um, Another option is to live in a place where the city council would never vote for this in the first place. Right. And
1: maybe we have a chance at making New Hampshire that place. I hope so, because I do not want to see this anywhere near me. Uh, I've made a note to myself to never visit Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah. uh, Or any of the other 2,000 cities where this thing is deployed, because, I, I mean, holy George Orwell, Batman. This is just over the top. And, like... Charlie Brooker, who created Black Mirror, was, he was like, look, this stuff is just around the corner you know, 12 years ago, or whatever it was, whenever mm-hmm. Black Mirror first was released. He's like, this is stuff, this is horror that is just around the corner, All right? Uh, the, the warnings are many, not just from Charlie Brooker, but from George Orwell, from, uh, uh, who's the other guy, uh, uh, Asimov, that's mm-hmm. the guy who wrote... Uh, uh, strange or brave, brave new strange
2: mm, oh
1: brave new world brave new world thank uh, you. that wasn't asimov i should know because i read the book but right now because your brain freeze has oh, uh, right. infected
2: me on that that's one right. well
1: you know what i'm saying like the, yeah. the warnings have been many about this kind of stuff bonnie I, knows I, it what is it albus huxley. huxley yeah yeah that's right thank you bonnie thank you our producer yes <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of this stuff has come true uh, and like sick it, you know it it seems like they're following it as a manual. Mhm. It's yeah. not, they're not no one is heeding the warnings. People are like, "Oh, well it'll never come to that." Well, it already it's has. It's that now. It's that now. Uh, the formerly uh communist uh, USSR mm-hmm. would Could only dream of having the things that already exist in the United States of America today as far as their tracking, their surveillance, the amount of people in the prison system. All of that would have been a wet dream for those psychopaths. And we already have it. It's here. It exists. And people are just like, "Eh, what can you do? Today, I posted
2: some horrifying photographs of a car that was parked in the walmart parking lot here in Keene, new hampshire that apparently i had seen before but for whatever reason i did not recognize it um bonnie said we saw it in a different parking lot a different part of town some number of months ago and i can't imagine why i didn't remember this maybe i just blocked it from my memory because it was that horrifying uh it was a hoarder's car Mm -hmm. and oh my god was it bad Literally, the entire car, with the exception of the driver's seat, was full of garbage, of actual food, waste,
1: garbage, empty cups, empty milk jugs. Had you not seen one of these before this particular car? I understand it was the same car. I've seen hoarder's cars before.
2: This is literally full to the brim. 100% full. I mean, there's different levels— of this that exists out there, and you know, I haven't seen that many of them that were this bad in my lifetime. This was some of the worst, uh, the probably the worst, most filled filth-filled car that I have ever seen, or at least that I recall seeing. I Apparently, saw the, I, don't, I didn't recall
1: <laughs> seeing it the last time. Well, and why would you? Who wants to remember that? Right, that's what I said. I put it out of my mind. It's I, I saw the photos, and I thought to myself. Huh, I haven't seen one of those since I left Seattle, Washington. Really? Yeah. I, like, I've never seen that in New Hampshire. Wow. Now, you know, well, I don't... trashy people everywhere. I don't know? go that far. New Hampshire is a small yeah. state. So, like, you know, uh, but, like, some other things have been really nice about New Hampshire. Like, for example, I, I've i been cured of my road rage. Excellent. It's not really true. I still have the road rage. It's it just, just doesn't come up. New Hampshire doesn't trigger it because mm. there's way less traffic uh drivers here tend to be courteous drivers to are the, to far a fault. more courteous yeah I like and it's just like so when i drove across country uh, last year um you know when i hit like downtown cleveland and mm-hmm. downtown chicago right the road rage the road up. rage came back it was just oh, hiding okay. it was still there <laughs> it, it still exists but like you know but it's mainly just like me being mad at people driving stupidly when they don't have to uh and and that means different things to different people to some people doing the exact speed limit is the smart thing to do yeah. right and it's like well no not always sometimes you got to go faster than the speed limit to be safe and i know that that doesn't make a lot of sense to people but it's true uh i was i avoided a collision by stepping on the gas mm-hmm. and getting away from these two other idiots Right, who were you know er, swerving in and out and breaking and you know all, all sorts of and just like I, I got no idea what you're doing, I got to get away from you guys. So I saw what was about to happen. We we're on like a, a three lane highway, right? And they were both going to swerve into each other. So I saw an opening. I hammered on the gas. I sped right through. And then they almost nearly collided because wow. like behind me in yeah. my rear view mirror, I saw it. And like if I'd have been there, they would have it collided would have into me. Yeah. Because yep. neither of them were paying attention Good to what they were doing. Good you were paying attention, man. Yeah, that's frustrating. Now, on the dark side of that, of course, is that if there was a cop around, guess who would have got the ticket? <laughs> Me. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know,
2: and that's what I wondered about, uh, just now thought of, this hoarder guy with a car just packed full of garbage. There's no way he could have used his rearview mirror. He certainly right. couldn't use his mirror on the passenger side. Of the vehicle, and I, you know, look, hey, you do your thing how you want your car, whatever. But uh, is that legal? Really? Well, I mean, is that legal to, to drive around where you cannot possibly see? You, could, it's one thing to like, okay, your mirror's broken, whatever, right? You can still, in a normal car, yeah. turn your head and you can look, so you're not running into somebody when you're All trying right. to merge into traffic. This guy couldn't possibly look out the entirety of his. Uh, glass in his car with the exception of the front and uh, and his driver's side window.
1: I'm trying to remember the phrase for it, but it, it's something like dollar figure bias. Uh, I, I'm, I think that's slightly incorrect, but this is the propensity for cops to pull over only those people they think will pay the ticket or can afford to. Really? Yeah. So like, oh. Oh, there goes a guy in a, I don't know, a BMW. He can afford to pay the ticket. Huh. We're going to pull him over. Are there studies on, on yeah, this? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there, I can't remember where I heard it from. I heard it from another person, so I haven't like looked into it no. personally. But like, it makes sense, right? Uh, if you're driving like a beat-up rust bucket, right— uh, you know, and yeah. you're you know you're only doing five over, maybe ten over. No mm-hmm. one's gonna do anything to you. But if you're in a nice car that's well capped and it looks like you got some money, oh, that guy can afford it. We're gonna yeah, pull him over. Yeah, that's an interesting point
2: because the rich guy is the one who's most likely to just go ahead and pay the fine because it means nothing to him,
1: and they don't have the time, right? They They're don't have busy. The time. They They're got busy. a career. They got you know right.
2: kids, wife, whatever. All that. What's a hundred dollar ticket to that guy? Sarah, were you on the line while we were talking about Wyoming and all their new, new newfangled monitors and audio recording Um, devices and cameras? uh,
5: That sounds uh, really um, exciting, kind of, because remember I said that 300,000 people got their driver's license back?
2: Yeah, you did, but I asked you a question about the monitoring and all that, so I'm curious to what you think about that.
5: Oh, yeah, I don't know. Too much about it, but I think. weren't the, you on hold the,
2: while we were talking uh, about it? I know you've been on hold here for some time.
5: No, I, I was listening to about you guys that speeding. Um, heard some of it. Like you think the speeding okay. causes uh, no damage and all that. Well, let's give you a quick
2: rundown here. What happened, Sarah? Was uh, Jackson, Wyoming, town of ten thousand people, now has I don't know how many hundreds or dozens or whatever of cameras and audio recording devices. That are going to be distributed around the town. That will be monitored by the police. It will automatically detect certain uh, alleged crime noises, like breaking glass or tires squealing or whatever, and it will send out notifications to the police. They're they're going to be scanning people's
1: license plates and they're you know, going to be tracking uh, people's driving habits, where they go, what time, where they, how often, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, i just wondering if that sounds like something you want to be a part of in uh, Albuquerque.
5: Well, we, we kind of do already have that noise detection. We have that for the gunshot. Oh. Yeah, we already okay. have some of that.
2: Well, there there are apparently 2,000 uh, cities or something like that that are participating in this. So maybe Albuquerque already has this particular technology. And so you're supportive of this sort of monitoring, right?
5: Right, right. Yeah, I I, I really am. But, um, now, I, I mean,
2: want to see how far that. you're willing to go with this because... They're, the company that's behind this, there uh, was it Falcon or something like that, or Flock, uh, something Flock, yeah, right? Falcon Systems, Flock Systems, Ta- Flock, Systems. Or... Flock
1: Systems. Yeah, that's what it
2: was. Anyway, they they want also regular people to sign up to help keep things under control to help monitor their fellow man and their fellow uh, supposed citizens. So I'm wondering, you guys have a nice townhouse there in Albuquerque. You've told us about it before. Are you willing to go ahead and sign up and get some of these cameras mounted on your home so the police can monitor the feed from your cameras just in case of, you know, whatever it is they want to do?
5: Well, for, for right now, it's not necessary. Why not? Because um, we're... I mean, so right now, because we're kind of like in a, like, it's not gated, but it's, a, it's almost like a gated community. Mm-hmm. It's like a cul-de-sac.
2: Okay.
5: So we don't really have a gate, but the nobody, everybody knows that there is a thief that enters the property. So, no, I mean, particularly I wouldn't want that camera on my 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 town home. Oh, but okay. but that- So you're
2: saying the reason you don't want a camera on your home that's monitored by the police, in theory, is because there's just not that much crime in your neighborhood?
5: That's correct. That's okay. correct. Okay, it's so if there like were more
2: crimes, okay. there's, if people yeah. started getting you know, their cars broken into or whatever, then that might encourage you to go ahead and put a police-monitored camera on your home?
5: Well, if I was to live right on the street, with mm-hmm. sidewalk where everybody could walk up and walk up to my window or something, that, I would participate. Okay. You know, now, I live- what about
2: adding a camera to your backyard? Because you were talking about being on the street, what about putting a camera so where it can see what's going on in your backyard and your side yards as well?
5: Well, right now the our backyard is built towards the back. Mm-hmm. Our, it's not necessarily most of them are the wall. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's why they're called backyards. Were open. I mean, built like twenty years ago when we had a lot of crime building up in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. so it was uh, built with uh, all the uh, consideration no alleyways and. Um, all the backyards are uh, pretty much the back and everybody already has a learning of the system.
2: Mm-hmm. So, okay, just know, I'm trying to understand things- here, why is it you wouldn't want, well, if you're okay with putting a camera facing the street, why wouldn't you want a camera protecting your backyard? I mean, the police could, could be monitoring that and they could catch somebody doing something naughty. Well,
5: I mean, it's your property, if you feel like it's necessary, it's up to you. That's no, no, no,
2: I'm you asking know. you. I don't want to have anything to do with this crap, uh, but I'm asking about you because you love to call in about speeding cameras, yep. and you love red light cameras, yep. and I figure, you know, if you want to be consistent, Sarah, shouldn't you be putting police cameras on your home? And if not, why not? What do you have to hide?
5: Well, look, at, I don't have any... My neighbors are pretty well. Maybe my nine-year-old girl might hop over the fence and drop her little bananas or something like that. That's Mm -hmm. about all that that happens Yeah, but she could be a
2: teenage girl soon and smoking marijuana in the backyard. Wait, that's legal there. She could be snorting cocaine with her friends or drinking underage, which is even worse, in the backyard Mm -hmm. of her house. And then your cameras could catch that, and she could get arrested, which is what needs to happen to all teenagers, right?
4: Well,
5: if you're private property, if you want to feel like you want to do it, it's up to the oh, individual, ind- individual. So you do have um, something to
2: hide, owner. huh? What are you doing in that backyard, Sarah, that you don't want the police to know about?
5: Well, I don't know about that.
2: It's called the Overt Human Intelligence Collection Program. The inner workings of which are described in the large tranche of internal documents. What? Overt Human Intelligence Program? OHIP? Oh, uh, O-H-I-C-P. Okay. Hick. Oh, hick. oh, okay. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Government's even horrible at acronyms. Normally, they're pretty good at the acronyms. They come up, I think, with the acronym first, and then they just figure out words <laughs> that <laughs> backfill it. into it, like Patriot Act or whatever. Uh, yeah. Politico reviewed these. Uh, is it tranche or tranche? Tranche of documents. Trench. T r a n c h e. I don't know actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just means like Tran- a bunch of trench. Yeah, sure. Uh, a release, a release of a bunch of documents. But anyway. Politico reviewed these from the Office of Intelligence and Analysis. They contain additional interviews. Sorry, the documents and additional interviews revealed widespread internal concerns about legally questionable tactics and political pressure. The documents also show that the people working there fear punishment if they speak out about mismanagement and abuses. No. You don't think Ed Snowden or I'm shocked. You know any of these other whistleblowers that have been targeted, Julian Assange, for instance, who didn't even work for the government. Yeah. You don't think that uh, the targeting of these individuals has anything to do with a chilling effect on the government agents themselves being willing to speak out? Yeah, well, it certainly does. Of course, it yeah. does. Uh, and yeah, because they know they're going to be punished. They know that they may have charges cooked up against them. Yeah. Because, well, we've all heard the story that there's three felonies a day the average American commits. I wonder if that's gone up by now. Yeah, right? Because that's been around for a long time. And the the laws just keep increasing in number. It's got to be five by now, right? you would think. Uh, They'll find something. They'll find something for you. Uh, Or they'll just make something up or whatever, right? And that's what these guys are worried about. The fact that the government employees are worried about retribution should be all you need to know about why this has gone too far. Yeah. There's no turning this around. You're not going to solve this problem through voting harder. Right. Okay. So the only option is to get out of the federal system by secession or by just up and leaving one or the other. Anyway, more about the story here. So uh, they're fearing punishment. One unnamed employee quoted in an April document from 2021 said leadership of the INA's Office of Regional Intelligence is, quote, shady and, quote, runs like a corrupt government. Another document said some employees worried so much about the legality of their activities they wanted their employer to cover legal liability insurance. Note, they're not willing to quit. They're worried they're doing something illegal. They're speaking about it internally, anonymously, but no, they're not willing to actually quit their jobs where they may be doing illegal things. They just want to have
1: their butts covered in the event that they get caught. I, this speaks to the level of indoctrination of the regular person. Carrie
2: Bochner, formerly the career senior legislative advisor to the DHS under Secretary for Intelligence, said the fact that the agency is directly questioning Americans as part of a domestic intelligence program is deeply concerning, given the history of scandals related to past domestic intelligence programs by the FBI. She, who served as a DHS liaison with Capitol Hill from 20- 2006 to 2010, said she told members of Congress adamantly over and over and over again that INA didn't collect intelligence in the United States. She said, Ha quote, I don't know any counsel in their right mind that would sign off on that and any member of Congress that would say that that's OK, she said, who currently runs a consulting firm, saying further, if these people are out there interviewing folks that still have constitutional privileges without their lawyer present, that is immoral. Constitutional
1: privileges?
2: That's an interesting wording. Constitutional privileges? Yeah, what is the definition of a privilege?
1: Well, it's not a right, that's for sure. No,
2: a privilege is something you have to ask permission for. Right. Uh, A right is something you can just simply exercise because, well, you're a human being. Because of the basis of existence. A privilege can be denied. A right is supposed to be respected. Now, obviously, they don't care about your rights. Obviously. The Undersecretary for Intelligence and Analysis, Kenneth Weinstein from DHS, a former federal prosecutor... Who took the helm of INA last June said in a statement his office is addressing its employees' concerns. No need to worry, little people. We've heard your concerns and we are addressing them. We'll take them under advisement. Right. A spokes bureaucrat pol- provided Politico with a list of steps the office has taken. Since September of 2020 to address internal complaints, including conducting a number of new trainings and hiring two full-time ombudsmen. Don't worry, the ombudsmen are on the case. Oh my
1: gosh, there's that word again. I can't remember the definition of ombudsman. I think it's like somebody who reviews a uh, performance or something Yeah, it's just the weirdest word ever.
2: Yeah. In its statement, INA didn't address the domestic intelligence program, not surprisingly, but Politico reviewed an email sent last August saying the portion of the program involving interviews with prisoners who'd received their Miranda rights, was temporarily halted because of internal concerns. Quote, The true measure of a government organization is its ability to preserve through challenging times, openly acknowledge and learn from those challenges, and move forward in the service of the American people. Riley is on the line, a new mover here to New Hampshire, Riley Blake, the editor of the free talk live digest edition of the show welcome sir welcome home
4: thank you i appreciate the welcome so i wanted to update people on an event we had here in Keene. Mm -hmm. it was the cannabis rally we met at railroad square and talked about cannabis decrim and had a good time so yes cannabis was smoked
2: i did not participate because that would break my bail conditions but boy was i jealously wishing i could <laughs> oh, I man. was cove- I was coveting uh, that uh, that cannabis. I will tell you. <laughs> I bet
4: you were. Yeah. I would love to smoke with you one yeah, day. Yeah, one of these we'll days
2: we'll, we'll get there. One of these days. Uh, but what about but, it? I mean, uh, this you kind of brought back something that has been gone for some amount of years. I mean, basically, ever since decriminalization happened in 2017, the cannabis uh, legalization movement has essentially fallen off the radar.
4: Right. And that's the thing I wanted to bring back is, you know, let's celebrate the fact we have what we have here in New Hampshire and enjoy it in public. I, and, I agree. I like it. And also,
2: which is, by the play way, civil race disobedience, race. I'd like to point out, it, because it is still illegal, even though it is decriminalized. It is not legal to consume it in public. And it's not legal to possess. Mm. It's just you're going to get a ticket instead of get arrested and
1: charged with a misdemeanor.
2: You'll get a violation.
1: And and supposedly it's the lowest thing that they're going to prosecute. Yeah, they're barely.
2: I mean, in Keene, they're not even really writing tickets at all for it. But if you push it, maybe they will write you one.
4: Well, I hope I don't have to have a ticket, but who knows?
2: Well, if you're going to commit civil disobedience, I mean, it's good to hope that you don't. But the more times you're downtown smoking pot the higher the likelihood that at some point a law enforcement officer in uniform is going to walk by. And that will be the ultimate test uh, of this particular event, is to see whether that officer will simply continue to walk or if they will come over and pull out the ticket book.
4: Yeah, that will be the test for sure. My, My thoughts are that eventually they've got to look the other way because it's just getting too popular.
2: I hope so. I don't smell I it so as too. often as I would like to. You know, I mean, Keene's not a busy. and Sometimes the downtown's busy, but you know, if you're downtown, you don't smell the the wafting uh, smoke of somebody sparking up a joint or whatever very often.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: So maybe that'll happen more often now.
4: Well, that's the problem with government corruption: is these so-called government people think they have the right to say what kind of plant to ingest. Yeah. My plant of choice is a psychoactive plant much like coffee, much like tobacco, and why can't I enjoy it?
2: I think you should be able to, and I fully support uh, your event, even though I am not able to participate meaningfully in it, which is why I came out uh, yesterday. Bonnie and I were there, as uh, as you know. It was actually, I was surprised at uh, the turnout. There were several people that came out yesterday for what was the first of what you're going to be making into a weekly event, as I understand it. Is that That's right? That's
4: right. That's the plan. Okay. We're going to start off. Having it on Fridays, and if we need to change the day, we can always choose the day.
1: So should, let's stick with Friday. Should we assume that like, if you already participate in cannabis-related activities, you know what time this event occurs?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yep, we should.
2: There you go. It's also on the calendar, by the way, at the Free State yep. Project or the Free Keen calendar. If you go to fsp.org calendar, it should show up there. So anybody that's visiting here in New Hampshire, you might want to. Swing on by Railroad Square on four twenty at four twenty on any old Friday. Apparently now, Riley, are you going to go hardcore on this and do it through the the winter time?
4: Well, I don't know, but if people want to come, I'll I'll try and get there.
1: You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more—all for free at freetalklive.com.